Blog Talk Radio. And we start broadcasting all over the world, and we call it Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I am your host, Felicia DeRozier. I have my handsome co-host here. Cross DeRozier. Mariah, uh, who's usually the other co-host. She's sick today. She will not be joining us. She's not sick. She's at work. Oh, she's at work. She got called into work, so she's being more productive than we are, and she's making money. That's how that is. What? He's being more productive. <laughs> as, as he lays down in the cozy bed. We are joined today by the illustrious co-host, Kristen Ayers. We're going to introduce her properly after our commercial break, but you know it is our habit to uh, head off to the phone real quick, right as we can get into the Word. Today we're studying Romans chapter 4 and talking about the faith of Abraham. And we will see you right after the commercial break. We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. I want to tell everyone about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal. Flip-flops are the most worn shoe. Even in America, almost everyone wears cheap flip-flops during the summer, sometimes even all year long. It's because they don't want to wear shoes. But... There is 60 years of social stigma to overcome. Most people think it is illegal to drive a car, go to a store, or eat in public without shoes on. The fact is, there are zero laws, health department stuff, insurance regulations, etc. about going barefoot. Not only that, it is actually safer and more healthy to go barefoot than wear most shoes that we have been wearing for the last half century. Please check out the website, barefootislegal.org, and check out all of our social media. Going barefoot is safe, healthy, and legal. Barefootislegal.org. Earthing, also known as grounding, is the act of touching our body's skin directly to the earth, just like our ancestors did as they slept, sat, 
and walked on the ground nearly every day of their lives. This simple connection allows Earth's natural negative electrons to enter the human body, pacifying dangerous free radicals, which, if left unchecked, can cause severe damage to cells that can lead to many chronic diseases. Ground Therapy's patented process and suite of products were designed for you to experience all the benefits of grounding in your busy and modern lifestyle. And you'll experience the benefits of grounding within the safety and comfort of your home or office throughout the entire day, just as if you were touching the earth itself. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, health care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. All right, and welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRosier. My handsome co-host, Foster Willier, and uh, we're going to take a minute to introduce our special guest today, Kristen Ayers. Kristen Ayers is a chaplain, wife, mother, and entrepreneur. She started working as an entrepreneur at the age of 10, working the paper route before school, babysitting on the weekends, and volunteering at the hospital. Kristen went to nursing school and worked in geriatrics for seven years, at which time she changed careers and went into marketing. She is currently the co-founder and operations specialist at Inventor Process, Inc., and she uses her extra time coaching women. She utilizes her experience to assist women in reaching their goals. Kristen has a goal. Her goal is to serve the community. She attends a four-square church, leads Bible studies, participates in prison ministries through a GLOW International, and has volunteered with Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department in a program called RECAP, and volunteered with the Clark County School District as a motivational speaker in the Payback Program. Her current ministries with Memphis Tabernacle include growing food and having goats to feed God's people, and she's a co-leader of Embrace Grace. That is just amazing. Welcome, Kristen. We're so glad to hear from you today. Well, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Hello. Like, I was about to say I'm so glad to see you today, but I wish I was seeing you. The truth (laughs) is, Kristen's my good friend, and I totally miss you because you you made a big move in your life, right? Uh, You you moved to a different state. Right? In Vegas, we're used to our friends moving away. It's a really, uh, it's (laughs) cross sadly nods its head. Two of my friends have have moved to Colorado in my life. It's a pretty transient kind of a place, so we're used to people moving away, but um, we'll talk a little bit more about your personal stuff in our second segment. Is that okay? And Colorado's a pretty yes, popular ma'am. state. Yes, ma'am. So excited. Like, over here, so. Okay, so, so you think you got, Cross says his friend moved to Colorado to get out of heat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> nice okay. there well, to get I, out of I, the heat, yes. <laughs> it is. It is really until nice. winter hits. And, until winter hits, and they live in the mountains, so they're going to freeze. Yeah, that's probably happening right about now. So today, our scripture. So we've been Roman through Romans. I don't know if you caught any of the previous shows, Kristen, but we've been Roman through Romans because we were talking about how we were going to kind of go at whatever pace the Bible had us going at. Um, so this is episode ten, but it's we're only on chapter four. But today, we're actually hitting the entire chapter which is kind of awesome. We're really excited about that. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to read scripture on air and we're going to read that whole chapter uh, live. Now, just for um, our audience members, for our fellow Dynamos, 
Um, we do have a chat room open, so if you're uh, joining us via the Internet, you can go in that chat room, you can comment, you can ask questions there. We'll address them as we can. Um, and then, of course, we know that that third bracket of our show, we open up for callers, and we'll give you the number then, okay? So here we go. Let's pray real quick. Do you want to pray for me, buddy? As soon as he's done yawning. <laughs> All right, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the show. Thank you for the marvelous co-host that we have with us today. Thank you for the marvelous host. Of course, I think she's marvelous because she's my mom, but um, thank you for uh, everything you've done and are about to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Open our hearts to hear the word. Amen. There you go, Beth. Yes. Fist bump. <laughs> yes. So today we're going to talk about Abraham justified by faith. We're going to start reading in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, the faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaking of the blessing of the one who comes to God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sins. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or for also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? It was before or after he was circumcised. It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as the seal of righteousness that he had faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him father of all who believed without being circumcised, so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but are also walking in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham before he was circumcised. For the promise of Abraham and his offspring that would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is, for if it is the adherents of the law who are the, to be the heirs, the faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent to the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who also gave life to the dead and called into existence all the things that did not exist. In hope he believed against all hope that he should become the father of nations. And as it had been told, so shall your offspring be. He didn't weaken in the faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith, and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do that which he promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, 
who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. All right. So that is our scripture for this afternoon. <laughs> wow. Near the middle, he, it was like kind of harsh. I was like, wow, he went there. He, he did. Okay. So, so uh, Krista, if you didn't catch our previous show, we're, we're kind of skipping talking about the circumcision thing because we've been talking about circumcision for like two weeks, right? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so clearly – we know that Paul here is making the point that it's not circumcision that saves. We can kind of, like, put that in the box at this point, I think. Okay? Good thing, too. <laughs> it is a good thing, too, right? Okay, because uh, because the circumcision, we said, was the physical symbol of the covenant, the cutting of the flesh, the covenant of God, the covenant. But, but there's lots of covenants. In the Bible. So specifically, this is a covenant between God and Abraham. So it's Abraham's physical lineage, right? Okay. But now we're talking about and, and transitioning to the new covenant where we're talking about Abraham has not only a physical lineage, but a spiritual lineage. Does that make sense? And that makes us all sons and daughters of Abraham. And without the uh, necessity of the symbol, symbolism of the cutting of the flesh, okay? So, so I think that we can pack that in a box. We can say for sure, for sure, for sure, Paul is saying we don't have to cut the flesh, right? Right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. I hope, <laughs> yes. I hope that's what <laughs> Okay. So, so we can move on, right? Um, Abraham was yes. considered righteous because of his faith, not his adherence to the law. That way all of us who believe inherit God's promise. Okay, um, so uh, did did you have uh, anything you wanted to, to to mention about that scripture before we we move on, Kristen? Uh, well, if you're talking about the circumcision, that's kind of like the baptism now. You know, Jesus already you know shed the blood for this covenant, so we're showing it through our baptism versus through physical harm. You know, to something else. So um, that's right, 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 how right. I look at it now. You know, now that uh, Jesus died, we don't have to, you know, we're in the second covenant. And that is the the shedding of the blood, the same thing. You know, so that's right. another thing that shows that we don't have to have it because Jesus did it. <laughs> right, right, right. And the cutting of the flesh in the, the second covenant ceremony, just so anybody who um, – we we did a whole uh, half hour on covenant uh, a few weeks back. So if anybody had listened to that, that cutting of the flesh, uh, symbolic of this covenant, would have been the piercing of the hands, the piercing of the feet, and then, of course, um, you know, the lashing of Jesus, uh, because he he operates as the spiritual head of um, us and the representation from God. He's both sides of the covenant, and so uh, he took it all upon himself. So. Think we can put that in a box and shove it under the Christmas tree and say that Paul does not <laughs> believe in ceremonial circumcision as being the thing that saves us, right? Correct. That is um, good to go. Yes. <laughs> so the next question is, how do we receive justification granted by the death and resurrection of Jesus? Wow. Um, what, is that a big question? It's important, right? Like, we can't even be here if we can't discuss that question. So one of the things that I love about biblical heroes is how they're not, like, put up on a pedestal, but they're human just like us, right? Um, The Bible doesn't make an attempt to dress them up as perfect, but allows us to see them super plainly 
and um, just human, just like the rest of us. I, re- I really like uh, in the Hall of Heroes is what I call it. Okay. Um, that uh, there's actually not only Israelites in there. You're right. That's true. There, there's Ruth, Ruth because she was a hero of the faith because she knew what was about to happen. Uh, she knew that Jericho. Oh, sorry, Rahab, Rahab. Um, okay, yeah, okay, so Rahab, yes. Uh, she knew that the Jericho's walls were going to fall down. Ruth was also a non-Israelite, and right. she's in there, I think. Yes, she was um, a Moabite. And uh, Ruth, er, oh my gosh, I keep getting them mixed up. Rahab okay. knew that the walls were going to fall down, so she said, uh, she said to the Israelite spies, which I think were Joshua and Canaan, I do not recall exactly who were, who are the spies, but I don't think it says. But I think it was um, Caleb and Joshua. Caleb, yeah. yeah. And um, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Kristen, do you remember? I'm bad with names. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's okay. I think I think I'm pretty bad with names. Pretty I sure it's Joshua and Caleb. I, I could look it up if we cared all that much, but let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> the spies. <laughs> and so she asked them to spare her family. Right. Spare her and her family, and so they said, well, one one of them, uh, I don't remember who it was, the logical one, uh, said, said, but how can we destroy all of Jericho without destroying this woman? And so uh, Joshua told her to gather all of her family members into her house and put a red rope on her house uh-huh. so that they would know which one not to destroy. Right, 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 which I always believed that the red rope was probably symbolic of the blood of Jesus uh, covering. And then think about, you know, um, the blood of the lamb is always a symbol, right? Okay. And the doorpost is usually the place, correct? Okay, because we think about the Passover and all that sort of thing. Um, so so that seems really logical. I remember someone asked why they stopped at a prostitute's house. Now, okay, just so that audience members know. I am talking rather openly with my 11-year-old son about prostitutes, but we live in Las Vegas. This is not a foreign thing to us, okay? We know what prostitutes are. Okay, so um, it would be pretty easy to get in and out of a prostitute's home. I would imagine she was entertaining men an awful lot and usually foreigners. So uh, the point was to go someplace where they wouldn't be noticed, right? And that's why they picked the prostitute's house. Anyway, um, but yes. So, and I think your point with the Heroes Hall of Fame was she wasn't just um, someone who was highlighted in the Bible, but she was in Jesus' birth line, right? So that's what you're talking about with the Heroes Hall of Fame. That's really cool. Right. In Matthew 1, one of my favorite scriptures, it traces the entire lineage Uh of all of the main characters in the Bible, except for Moses, I think. I don't think he's in there. Um, All of them. Uh, all of the main characters in the Bible, and they're all related to Jesus. That's pretty cool, because that's a part of the Bible I usually try to, like, run through really quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, need pay, you need to pay attention. Yes. And Rahab, fun fact, Rahab was actually Ruth, or, sorry, Boaz's mother. Yes, that's true. So, yes. So that makes her Ruth's mother-in-law. So, anyway, that, and there's a whole thing. We'll have to go into that teaching at some point. I'm going to hop back into the Bible study because that is really interesting, too, because then you start to go into the kinsman redeemer, 
uh, theme with Ruth, which yeah, is really need, cool. Yeah, we need to make an entire Bible study on that. Oh, okay. So he wants to do the book of <laughs> Matthew 1. Matthew 1. Oh, okay. He wants to do a Bible study on Matthew 1 sometime. All right. So um, there we go. We can see that the Bible does not hide the bad things that people do, the, the you know, scattered backgrounds of them. Um, and because of that, in its pages, we see the human condition is laid bare before us, and we see ourselves in those stories. It's really beautiful because when we read about our heroes, in the end, we realize that they are themselves in need of a hero just like we are, and Abraham is one of those types of people. He said, well, I was not painting him as this perfect guy. Right, but, but it calls him the father of faith. So um, the chapters talk um, again and again about circumcision. We're going to go ahead and move on from that. Just remember that the circumcision is kind of like a wedding ring. It is a symbol of marriage. It's not the marriage itself, okay? And that's kind of the point that Paul is making. Um, but I feel that it's a little strange that we call Abraham the father of faith when we see him fail by taking circumstances into his own hands so many times. But think of it this way. He just left home to follow God without knowing his name or God's name um, or the destination. And that takes a lot of faith. Um, and then there's this whole thing about why he was where he was. Um, his father had gotten called out to go um, and to live where God had spoken as well. But it seems that he decided to plant himself elsewhere. And so I often think, how many people did God have to talk to to get one that would follow him? Because clearly he talked to his father. We don't know that Abraham's the only person in the family he spoke to. And we don't know that Abraham's father was the first person that he spoke to. How many people did God actually have to, to nudge and say, hey, I have an inheritance waiting for you. Just just have faith in me. Just believe in me. You know but what I mean? How many people did he have to ask before one finally said yes? Right, 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 right. That's an interesting thought. I never thought about that. And there's this whole dynamic about in all the ancient cities how they served other gods. So... So there's this thought that if Abraham's father settled in another city, he was probably practicing a form of idolatry as well. Um, and that, I think, was kind of the point. Um, the ancient belief was that each city was kind of attended to by uh, an ancient god that was actually a demonic force. Okay, and so if he settled in this city, um, was he practicing a form of idolatry and had he turned his back on God? And, and I'm going to guess that probably the answer to that is yes, because uh, God has to further move and call out Abraham, who's still faithful to him. Okay. Um, so, uh, but that was even when God counted him as righteous. If we look at Genesis 15, 1 through 6, uh, we see the whole story where God tells Abraham to go outside and count the stars if he could. And if he could, that would be the number of his offspring. Really, he and Sarah were well past childbearing years, but he chooses to believe God for a miracle in the natural realm. And what we knew about God was that he had the power to create life and create death, and that he had declared himself El Shaddai, which, which means uh, the mighty God, all-sufficient one, and the God who is more than enough. Abraham chose to believe that God could, that that God could believe uh, and could bring those impossible things to pass. Abraham often fell short of holiness, but he knew that he served a God and trusted God who could accomplish what he had promised through him. And I think, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break for a minute because I talk a lot, 
So I'm going to make sure that uh, you guys, did you guys have something that you wanted to add there? Uh, well, I, you know, I was, uh, I had read through uh, Preaching Through Romans with Dr. Steve Shell, And uh, so when you sure. said you were preaching or talking on this, uh, you know, I was reading through it. And uh, I just like this quote. He said, real faith is not something we generate in ourselves. It's something we receive. It's a gift God gives us. But to receive that gift, we must make a decision. And then um, just he chose to nurture his faith so it was able to grow over time. So that's why, it, you know, with him it's constant. You know, it's just like us, right? When we're walking through our life, uh, we're in a battle. We're like, should I do what I want today or should I do what God wants me to do today? All day long, every day, we're constantly in that same battle that he was in. And sometimes we choose to do our own thing. And then other times yeah. we choose to follow God and we're so blessed. But no matter what, and that's why it's such a good example, God stayed with him the whole time, never left him, Right. you know? And uh, yeah. it's so reassuring to us, and that's how we get our belief because we see that it happened to somebody else, you know? And then once we start to believe, then we start reading the Bible. And then as we're reading it, it's growing and it's growing, and it's growing, and it's continual. It's nonstop. So it's so exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I uh, and, and by the way, Dr. Steve um, Shell, I use his resources a lot for this, um, but he, his class is actually the reason why we're here doing this, because he challenged everyone in his class to preach through a book of the Bible. And, uh, of course, we had the, re- re- the resources to do Romans, and Romans is one of my favorite books, so that's why we ended up here. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, watched a sermon the other day by Francis Chan, who I love. He think he, I think he's really, really great. Me too. And, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the sum up on, on the sermon was, um, that, uh, you know, if, if Jesus was a hitchhiker, you, you can't put him in the trunk of the car and you can't put him in the back seat. And his sum up was that he wants to be, uh, given the keys to the car and I think that that's partially true. Like, I think that Jesus wants to be, um, my personal perspective is that Jesus wants to be shotgun, but he wants to call the shots. He wants, remember when we used to use MapQuest? He wants yes, the map. No, he wants I, the GPS. I agree. He wants the radio controls. Uh, <laughs> he wants to, to, do, to uh, do the music selection. And he wants to tell you where he wants you to go, and he wants you to submit and obey. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is that's exactly why we're his vessel. You know, he's working right. through us, and it's are we going to listen? Or just like, you know, Abraham, did he want to be like his dad and not listen, or did he want to listen? And then when he finally listened, it was good, right? And then yeah. and then he yeah. had to go up to the mountain with his son, and it was like, whoa, right. this has been so good. This has been so good. I can't help but trust God because he's always fulfilled in the past. And even though it seems like something crazy, uh, I'm going to trust him, you know? So, right. Well, and, um, and to put that into context, too, is that I think that we often think about the whole um, sacrificing Isaac part of the story as being crazy. But I think that we have to, like, revert ourselves back and realize that back in the day, that wouldn't have seemed crazy at all. 
That was like business as usual. The reason we think of sacrificing our children to a to a god as crazy is because God provided a ram so that Isaac didn't have to be sacrificed. Every other culture back in the day did that. Yeah, and our God specifically says never sacrifice the children. Right. So, like, people are like, <laughs> it's so weird that we consider that a big leap of faith. And I'm like, it totally isn't. Like, back in the day, that's what everyone people did. People were doing it. And so, yeah. Right. Everywhere. Like, all people did this. So, it, it, it our perspective of it being crazy comes from the fact that God saved Isaac. Like, that's the reason we think that. So, um, anyway, we better, let, me, let me hop back into this because we're going to end up going overtime a little bit. Uh, but I don't want to take up too much of your time because I want to talk to you about some of the stuff that you're into. Um, so, I think that the big question that we end up with as believers, we have two questions. And um, we struggle with, could God do this in my life? And then we struggle with, would he do this for me? In my life, there are two different questions. One is about God's capability to do things and to move and to work, and one is about His willingness to do it on my behalf. Does that make sense? Like at least yeah. that's where I struggle as a believer. Um, and so um, Abraham kind of answers both of these questions for us. Abraham knows who God is, um, and, and we don't know what experience Abraham has beforehand before this unnamed God comes to him and tells him to get up and move his family. But clearly he is understanding about God's capability. That's never in question. Okay. He knows who God is. He knows he's the creator of the universe. He knows he's the one true God and that he's capable of doing whatever he says he can do. Um, that's why he trusts him with his family, his life and his future. Um, he trusts him even with his son Isaac. God is faithful and capable, and he brings life from a dead womb. That's why that miracle is so important, you guys, because it is God proving why did, why did he wait, like, forever for Abraham and Sarah? Like, he could have just made it so he could naturally have children. No, 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 no. He had to show them that he was that God that created life from a dead womb. He creates life from nothing, Right. And that's what he was proving. I wouldn't have wanted to be Sarah. That's, like, way too old to have a baby. I'm just going to be real. Also, I want to add, um, Abraham lived to about 170 years old. So, um, <laughs> uh, he probably had kids at mm, 100 to 120-ish. Well, okay. So, um, we know that, uh, I think they, they got pregnant at, like, 99 years old. So there you go. Okay. So this whole thing with Isaac, you got to understand, it's going to be a small child on a mountain with this really old man. Like, it's kind of, you know, unique when you think about that. Yeah, so he was old. To, to the point he was old, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he stops the human sacrificial system to preserve Isaac. He protects and provides for Abraham and his family until a savior of the world is born through his birth line just as God had promised, making Abraham the father, not just of one nation of Israel, but of many nations through faith and trust in God. God is clearly capable. Um, Abraham was far from perfect. He lied. He had sex with a woman who was not his wife. He showed favoritism between um, his women and children. And he brought a lot when God said to leave his father's household. He was told to leave his entire household, not just 
bring somebody along. Uh, it wasn't Abraham's outstanding character that made him righteous before God. Uh, and that's good news for us. If yes, Abraham had that. been good, right, right, right. That's why it says that it isn't just written for Abraham, but it's for us. If Abraham had, yes. if Abraham had been good and righteous by the law, I would be out of luck. You have something to say there. I'll, I'll uh, slow down so you can say that. <laughs> Did you have something you wanted to add, Kristen? Oh, me? No, no. I was. I thought you were talking to him. No, I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. No worries. Um, so I'm a bit of a mess over here, but uh, because I received his righteousness by faith, I can be assured that God is willing to rescue me from my muck and my mire that is life. That's literally why when we read the Bible, those heroes are written to be human, because we need to know that they're like us. Abraham wasn't owed righteousness as if it were a check written for his hard work. It was a gift uh, because if he had received a check for his hard work, the wages he would have earned is the same wages I would have earned, and that's death. So because of Jesus, we can all be heirs of the promise of God's salvation. We follow Abraham's example. What did Abraham do? He repented. And even after he sinned when he was um, in right relationship with God, he, was, he still had a repentant heart. Um, Abraham's uh, dad was called out of his homeland too, but he got comfortable and complacent and settled where his flesh felt good. Leaving and believing God required Abraham to start to stop doing things his way and start doing God's way. God's way. We need to repent. We need to believe that God can do what He says He can do and is willing to save you. Uh, he loves you and provided a way to heal your brokenness, and we need to receive His gift of salvation and his Holy Spirit. That brings us to the end of our Bible study today. Kristen, did you have anything to add before we go to commercial break? Well, I am just so thankful that he gives examples like this because we all fall short of the glory of God, right? And if he gave examples of people who lived perfectly, we would all count ourselves out and we would miss the blessings that God has given us to share with other people. Absolutely. And on that, we're going to end for just a little bit. We're going to go to commercial break, and I will see you in the green room. We'll see you guys on the other side of the commercial break now. Hey, Freedomist Proof here. Just want to let everybody know that I have a trusted source for EMF protection. So you can block out this 5G possibly from your cell phone or any other electronic devices Go to groundwithgia.com and please check out the selection of products that you might need to help filter out all this electronic garbage that's going to get into your house and to your life. So most of us have cell phones except for me. You're going to want to protect yourself. We all have Wi-Fi and you definitely want to do something about this. Please check it out, groundwithgia.com. Dot com. That's ground with G-I-A, G-I-A, dot com. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You 
purchased from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Did you know that every time you swipe your debit card, those behind-the-scenes transaction fees make the big banks even richer? In 2016 alone, these fees added up to $60 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Well, what if there was a way to have the convenience of a debit card, but reroute those fees from the banksters to organizations actually doing good in the world? Organizations that protect the environment or feed hungry children? What if your swipes could literally change the world? Well, Groundswell SPC has found a way to do just that. We've designed a Visa debit card program that shares transaction fees with your favorite cause. Groundswell partners with nonprofit organizations that promote the card to their supporters. Their supporters then use the card to power the mission of the nonprofit. It's a win-win-win for everyone, except the big banks, of course. Groundswell is about to launch its first cards into market, and we're inviting you to be part of this movement as an investor in the company. Go to WeFunder.com backslash Groundswell card to learn more. Set up a free WeFunder account and invest in Groundswell today and get your money on mission. And welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozier, my son and co-host. We are joined by the amazing Kristen Ayers today, and we're going to talk a little bit about her. This is just like this one day a week, my my bedroom becomes a broadcast studio, right? It's pretty and, cool. And a bed. And a bed. And a bed. So, so uh, Cross is just chilling here while we're talking. Uh, so, Kristen, we are so excited that you came. Um, and this segment we want to talk, we just talked about the face of Abraham uh how he is the father of our faith, and we're not talking about, like, what we believe. We're talking about understanding that faith is what um, brings us salvation. And um, now we want to talk about putting our faith in action. And I wanted you to come because, girl, I, I don't know. I don't know if I know anybody who puts faith in action quite like you do. Can you tell us about some of the ministries that you're involved in and even some of the business that you're involved in? Because I know even all the business. Um, that you have has like this aspect of you being able to reach into your community and build people up. Yes. Well, I'm so thankful. Uh, I praise God every day that uh, he's given me these opportunities. And uh, just like with Abraham, it's gradual. It's a little at a time and uh, it all depends on God. So I started out as an entrepreneur, young girl. My family was poor, so I did the paper route before school. I babysat on the weekends. I started volunteering at the hospital. I was saved when I was nine. So my whole life was Jesus until I was about 15. Um, And, man, I moved to Guam and I felt like I got that alone time like Paul had. I had three and a half years in Guam with no internet, no phone, nothing, where I just got to focus wow. on my relationship with God. And uh, it was literally just me and God. My mom had just gotten married, so she was focused on her, you know, her new relationship. And uh, um, 
I went to church. I got to be in the Word. I got to really feel the love of God. And uh, then we moved um, from Guam back to California. And, uh, you know, teenage years, my mom didn't take me to church. I didn't go to church. And kind of like Abraham, I chose several paths that I shouldn't have, uh, that I wouldn't have if I was walking exactly with God, but praise God, just like Abraham, even though I made mistakes, God was with me every step of the way. I continued to love God. I continued to love people because that's the law that Jesus came and said. He says the law is love God and love people. And any other standards, we're going to fall short. We're never going to be perfect. And so it was so reassuring to me And how I'm able to be where I'm at now is because even though things happened that shouldn't have, God stayed with me every single time. And uh, whenever I would choose to keep my focus on God, man, I would just move to the next level and the next level. So in my teenage years, like I said, I wasn't uh, going to church. I got pregnant at 19, and I was like, now that I'm pregnant, I need to get my focus back on God because I realized how much he loved me, and I want my child to feel that same love. So mm. every every step of my children's growing up, it's like I grew more and more into the word. It's like God had this perfect plan. He was giving me this space and time to build my faith in him, to show me that he will show up every single time I rely on him. And so... When I first started going to Cornerstone Church in Las Vegas, uh, although I love God, I love people, I wouldn't do anything in front of anyone. I wouldn't read in front of anyone. I wouldn't speak in front of anyone. I wouldn't go talk to a stranger uh, unless I was at work. Um, At work, because I was in nursing, I would obviously take care of the patients. But um, me as myself, I, you know, didn't do that. And praise God, he positioned me in a church that was able to help me grow as I'm making my choices and also reminding me to document as I'm making my choices. And I'm able to see that every single time God shows himself to be faithful, every single time. And even when I fall short, he's still faithful, right? So um, so I started putting myself out there. I started climbing up the mountains just like Abraham did and, you know, sacrificing the things that I wanted to do and doing the things that God wanted me to do. And it led me to so many places. So uh, I got to start doing Bible studies at church. I got to start having small groups where I led the small groups. And I not only did I get to learn, but I got to help other people learn and understand and love them and let them know that even though they're not perfect, God still loves them and God can still work through them to make everything good you know even the bad stuff he can turn it into good and so uh after i showed my obedience then god led me to the next area which was prison ministry so i did prison ministry Mm -hmm. for several years where i went to the prison every week sometimes twice a week uh to go speak to the prisoners and the first time i went was so scary but again i was climbing that mountain and i was you know ready to do whatever God wanted me to do up there. And uh, so I get in there, and uh, it's, it's 
was different than I thought because when I went in there, I thought, you know, we'd sing a couple songs and maybe they'd play a video or something, but that's not what it was. It was me sharing. Oh, no. God. <laughs> it was me actually sharing God, you know. It was me. Me sharing it through my yes. life, through the things I've seen, through the things that I've done. And, uh, you know, and it was just so amazing that it was changing me as I'm helping other people see the love of God. And it just encouraged me more and more. And then I became a chaplain. And uh, when I became a chaplain, uh, there was more opportunity for me to serve God and grow in God and uh, have faith in him and see him come through. And uh, so I was able to do uh, the recap program with the um, Metropolitan Police Department in Las Vegas. And any time there was a homicide, um, they would call the chaplains out. We would go and pray with the family. We would pray with the neighbors um, to let them know that they're not alone when they're going through that circumstance. Uh, They're not alone, even though they're not directly involved we know that everybody around us is affected by things that go around that they see. So we got to go in and we got to love the people. And um, that's one of the things that stood out to me so much in that program is that people are lacking that love feeling. Like everybody is feeling so alone. Like they, right. it's normal for them to feel alone and not loved. And so when we would go over... And just to say, I love you to them, to say, I love you, it would just change their whole demeanor, their whole facial expressions, their body language, the tone of their voice, you know, because that's what we are here to do is to bring the love. And then um, as a chaplain, I also got to go into the payback program uh, and meet with the younger kids. So payback goes into middle schools. And because uh, in Nevada they've determined that in middle school is where the children are going to decide if they're going to graduate high school. They're going to make their decision in middle school if they are going to graduate high school. So they would bring us in and uh, we would get to talk to the students and encourage them. Um, And my job is pretty exciting because I am an entrepreneur. So uh, we help independent inventors and – Of course, everybody likes to talk about new inventions and things like that. And so uh, all the kids loved having me come talk about the different inventions that we're working with and uh, um, hear just how much God blesses your whole life, not just one aspect of your life, but every part of your life you give to him. Every part of your life you give to God, he gives you a blessing. And... uh, um, you know, they're just amazed that I'm able to, our business is national, you know, so I run a national business and I'm still able to volunteer almost as much time that I spend on my business, you know, and uh, and I right. still have enough time to keep my personal relationship with God and I still have enough time to keep my personal relationship with my husband and my two kids and my friends. You know, it's when you give God every area of your life, he's able to show you how much power he has and how much he loves you. And then, so my current ministry um, is so different than what I've been doing because, you know, I was living in Las Vegas for 20 years. 
Um, before that, I was from right. California, so I've always been a city person. And, um, you know, I felt like we were feeling like me and my husband were like, you know, God's wanting us to move and get property. And we had a list of things because we're like, we only want to do it if it's right. We don't want to jump in anything. We want to make sure. So, you know, we prayed about it. We made a list of things. And uh, um, it actually took five years, uh, five years okay. of us praying and looking uh, through properties uh, to find the one that was right for us. And when we found this property, it was actually confirmed through him that this was the right one because of Pastor Gary Derman. I had been doing OSL, you know, for, you know, almost 10 years now since I did it. And uh, Pastor Jerry Derman, his brother has a church here. And so when I found out this property, we were doing all the diligence and we're like, where's the four square church? And we're like, man, it's somebody I know, Pastor David Derman. And uh, I was like, this is it. You know, it meets everything on our list and even better. I know the preacher. I know how much he loves God. I know this is where God called me to be. And uh, I had committed to God that when my boys were done with school that I would do full-time missions. So I had planned to come over here and give myself full-time to mission, whatever it was, whether it was going overseas, uh, whatever. So I get here and, uh, um, you know, I do my daily reading, my daily journaling, And, uh, you know, I keep feeling like God's saying, feed my people, feed my people. And, uh, um, you know, we have 60 acres here, and there was a garden, you know, area set up. We've never even had a plant. We've never grown anything ever. Um, Like I said, we're (laughs) city people. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like I never even had a live plant, you know what I mean? And uh, so we come over here and we meet with Pastor David. We go to lunch with him. And he's telling us all the background in Memphis, how it's full of poverty, how the people are hungry, how the people have a a spirit of uh, um, slavery just hovering over them. Because in uh, Mississippi was one of the last states that allowed slavery. And, you know, we're right along the Mississippi River, which goes to 10 states. So, you know, this is a high traffic area. And this is so broken here. And after he told me that, I was like, man, this is exactly why God has called me here. And so no experience at all. And God even gave us the seeds free. So since we work with inventions, we go to conventions and uh, we got uh-huh. free seeds. So God even provided the seeds and uh, That's awesome. we planted our first stuff and we had never planted anything before. And, uh, just all we did was put it in the ground and prayed over it because the Bible says you plant the seed and God is in charge of the growth. And so I would be out there planting the seed. And what I learned, though, is that although God's in charge of the growth, we're still supposed to be there daily with him. So daily we had to be out there pulling the weeds. Daily we had to be out there praying over it. Daily we had to give it water. You know, so just like we have to be with God daily, and give them our daily love and our daily attention. That's the same thing with the plants. And we were able to, this is our first time ever growing anything, provide food to the church twice a week for three months. And it was a lot. It was a lot of food. We were taking it into the church every every week, twice a week, uh, you know, boxes full. And it was so crazy because, 
all of the people from the church who are from this area and uh, have gardens themselves, they were like, man, our gardens weren't growing so much. Thank you so much for bringing it in. What did you do? What is your secret? How long have you been growing? And I said, no, I (laughs) have never grown before. This is all God. This is all God. Like, all I did was trust God. I believed God would do what he wanted to do when I obeyed him by putting in the seed. And And not only did it provide them food, but it provided them encouragement and hope. You know, they're like, man, if, if one person could make this big of a difference, I think I could do my little part too. You know, because it says in the in Acts, it's like, or one of the books in the Bible, I'm reading Acts now, and I think it was, a, uh, but it talks about when every person in the body is doing their part, every person in the church is doing their part, nobody's without. We're not without because right. we're providing, because we're showing God's love. So if we all just gave our little piece, if we all just gave God the opportunity to work in our life, then it would be enough for all of us. And so... It was just amazing to see that. And then um, he's like, no, there's more I want you to do. So we plan to get a a greenhouse so we can grow year-round. But we also recently got goats. And this was amazing because it really helps you understand about a shepherd. Like, I'm a shepherd. Yeah. Like, I shepherd my goats. I have three goats, and it helps me to understand when I go outside and I say one word, even at my house, and they're way in the back, right? They can yeah. hear my voice, and they know it's me. Like, the guys can go outside, you know, my husband, my son, my father-in-law live on the property, and they can go outside, and the goats don't do anything. When I go outside, and I even say one word, they start making noise. When I start walking towards them, they stop whatever they're doing. Whatever they're doing, they stop, and they run towards me. And it just makes me reflect that's exactly how we're supposed to be with Jesus. Like, as soon as we hear his voice, we stop what we're doing, and we immediately go to him so we can see what's going on with him. And so, right. and the reason why goats are so good is, you know, I'm the one of the ministries I'm doing here also is Embrace Grace, which is for okay. um, young pregnant women um, that are single, uh, from 14 to 24, I did something similar in Las Vegas, um, but this is new here with Memphis Tabernacle. It's actually been in um, the churches for like 10 years. They just celebrated their 10-year anniversary. And what it does, it's almost like a discipleship a discipleship program for pregnant moms. So it's there comforting them while they're going through the stages, but it's leading them back to God. It's letting them know right. that, Right where you're at, right where you're at, God still wants you. He still says, come to me, and I'm going to show you how good I can take care of you. And uh, one of the girls in the group, she's actually 14. She's in seventh grade, and she's due in January. And it's just amazing the type of opportunities, because I was uh, single and pregnant at 19, uh, so I do have experience. I wasn't 14 um, but, you know, you kind of, you're able to use the situations that you experience and help the other people walk through what they're walking through while leading them to God. 
you know, because not right. everybody's going to have the foundation of God that I had before I got pregnant to know to go back to God after I got pregnant. You know what I mean? And right, so, right. Um, but with the Embrace Grace program, the reason why the goats is because, you know, the problem with the formula. You know, so yes. the goat milk yes. is a replacement to nursing moms if they couldn't find formula. And not only that, right. I'm going to start making cheese and ice cream. So it's like God's like, you don't have to worry about anything through any time because I am provider. So I can bring you food. I can bring you milk and cheese and ice cream. I can bring you every need that you desire, especially at the time we're going through because, you know, with prices going up, with jobs issues, I mean, the economy is not great, you know, and so many people are in fear. And I feel like God say, no, I told you not to fear. I told you not to fear. And he's like, Right. You know, through my ministry, he's like, tell them, show them that they are loved and they have no reason to fear. And so I feel like we are making our property into a retreat, kind of like how you would do when you're running to God. You know, like it has everything. Like you feel like you have nothing and then you retreat to the place of safety with God. And then when you're with God, all your needs are taken care of. And so he's taking care of them through food. We have our own well. We have a pond with fish. We have goats. So we could provide for our whole community, you know. And then not only does he stop there, but he says, you know, stay in the word because not only can I share my food, but then I can share the love. I can share the gospel. I can share the good news that I'm not the only one who can plant a seed and believe in God and for it to grow. Other people can do the same thing. That's what Abraham was showing, that his faith made all these blessings of God possible because he believed in God. And so it's just a pattern that we need to be showing to people that, no, it's not nothing special with me. The thing special about me is that God loves me and I've received his love through Jesus. And you can do the same thing. And with that, you can grow in your ministry. And what a testimony to God's faithfulness that he even, like, showed you the the things that would be essential as you were branching out into this new area of ministry that you just didn't even, you you just had no idea. Like where you no, were lacking the, the background, God came and provided resources. So you just have what you needed before you even knew you needed it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, not only did he provide the first set of seeds, but while we were, you know, um, meeting people in the community, Uh, we found out that our community actually provides free seeds at the library all the time. So, you know, people are like, well, are you selling your food? Are you, you know, doing something to raise money? No, I'm trusting in God to provide. And every single way to provide, he has, you know. And uh, although I, you know, we do have our business that makes our money, my focus is on God. And because my focus is on God, I'm able to do my business. I'm able to do my ministry. And like I said, I'm able to share his love with everybody, including my family. They don't get neglected um, because my focus is him. 
And he is not only the God of time, but he's the God of timing. You know, he's in charge of it all. And it's just about that belief. Just like Abraham, you just have to believe God can do it. Because remember, he created something out of nothing. (laughs) You know, he he created us from dirt. He could do anything. And, man, it's just amazing all of a sudden. And I'm so thankful and um, excited about what he has coming in the future. I feel like... uh, There's so much more that he's preparing me for. Um, So I'm willing and, uh, you know, I'm positioning myself by being in the word every day, by depending on God every day. I'm positioning myself to where since Jesus is my shepherd, when he speaks, I stop what I'm doing. I listen and I'm willing to take that road up the mountain and give him everything of mine so that way he could, you know, do his will, his way. That's incredible. Um, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there because you're actually right on the timing for us to be able to take our last commercial break. And when we come back, um, I'm sure I have, I have questions for you. I'm sure Cross has questions for you. He had some questions about you being a chaplain. And then if we run out of questions and we don't have callers, um, we have some questions from Bible study, but I'll give out that number and hopefully we'll get some callers as well. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your testimony. We'll be right back after commercial break. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. I didn't know that there was beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. To have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but what you, why wouldn't you do why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Do you buy from Amazon? If you do, do you use Amazon Smile? Amazon Smile is a program Jeff Bezos set up to donate to 501c3 nonprofits. If you go to smile.amazon.com and designate Barefoot as Legal as your nonprofit, Jeff Bezos donates 0.5% of your purchase price to our charity. We need your support to fund our operations and promote the Barefoot lifestyle. It does not cost you anything. Please consider helping us out. Go to smile.amazon.com and add Barefoot is Legal as your favorite nonprofit and help us fight for freedom. Thank you. 
We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. And welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where my bedroom becomes a broadcasting studio every week. This is your host, Felicia Drozier, my handsome co-host, who also happens to be my son. Cross Drozier. What? And we are joined this week by Kristen Ayers. She's a chaplain. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's an entrepreneur. And she's a Christ follower who is dedicated, and she just gave the most awesome testimony of what she does in her life. Uh, we're going to ask her some questions. We have some Bible study questions for you. Uh, the chat room is open if you're joining us on live, or you can call in. Our guest call-in number is 319-527-6208. Press the number 1 if you want to go live. Otherwise, we'll just hear us chit-chat together. That's 319 319- Five two seven six two zero eight. I'll give that number out a couple of times. And Kristen's back with us. Say hello. 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 <laughs> okay. So I had um. <laughs> until we get other questions, and you'll just have to deal with our questions, right? Cross, did you want to go first? You had a question. Uh, sure. Um, I'm Chaplain Zade for our boys troop in Scouts. So, uh, I'm assuming awesome. what I do for chaplains aid and scouts is a lot different from what you do. I just wanted to ask what it's like. Well, it is amazing. Uh, when you're a chaplain, uh, we I volunteered with a chaplaincy that helped the police department. Um, so depending on what you are called to do, because remember, we're all give different callings. So we're all different pieces that God uses to help his overall kingdom. And so um, some people may lead classes. Some people may work in the office. Uh, like me, I did the recap where I was out on the, the streets. A lot of people refer to chaplains as boots on the ground. It's basically like a entrepreneur for God. We get out there with the people and uh, we share the message from the Bible. So depending on what God has specifically called you to do will depend on what task you actually get to do as a chaplain. So there's not one specific thing except reading your word every day, keeping your relationship with God, and being willing to share how he has called you to share. 
And what kind of preparation did you have to do? I, I know that there's um, schooling and stuff like that to become a chaplain. Yes. Yeah, so the um, chaplaincy that I did, uh, they offered free classes. Uh, they do it twice a year in Las Vegas, and it's uh, three weekends. So it's full Saturday and Sunday for three weekends of classes all day for those six days. And then uh, once you're done, um, you know, you can get through the program, but in order to be ordained, you have to be active at your church, which I was at Cornerstone, and you have to get a letter from your uh, preacher, the lead preacher of your church, um, just saying that, you know, they see you working in your relationship with God. They see you um, in a position to share the gospel. They see you as a um, somebody who loves and is willing to uh, surrender to the will of God. And so um, once you take the classes uh, and as long as you stay active, because the really main thing about being a chaplain is you have to be in the Word. It's not like a job right. where you could just show up. It's, uh, you know, you have to be, you have to have your relationship good with God, especially you, you don't know what situation God's going to bring you in that day. And uh, so when you're not right with God, things can be crazy, right? You could be sad, you could be depressed, you could be upset, you could be angry. You, you know, there's so many things we can be as people when we're not with God. Uh, so the biggest thing is just to keep your focus on God. And, uh, again, take the classes, make sure you're uh, serving because that's what Jesus did when he came. He served. He Not only did he serve, but he took the lowest servant position. Remember, he was washing their feet. So it's, right. it's being active. The Bible has called us into action. It's not just knowing it. It's living it. And uh, it's exciting. So, yeah, take classes, and then they always want they give continual classes throughout the, the year that you can take uh, depending on which area that you want to volunteer in. So before I moved over here, I was actually in the process of getting um, the national certification. So when they had natural disasters like the, the storms and they would fly the chaplains in or whatever, uh, I was going to start doing that. But that's not where God had me going, so I didn't get to finish. But they have different programs. So cross, depending on what you were interested in, you could do it. It's just uh, has God called you to do it, and uh, you know, just stay in the Word every day with Him. And and I want to point out too is that like so God's really been speaking to me like each each week um, at different areas where I'm growing. And uh, you had mentioned something about having a servant's heart, and um, I'm I'm still doing so. So we're both students still, correct, at BFAM Training Center, right, which is uh, based out of yes. the Rock Anaheim. Um, I'm currently taking uh, Living in the Power and Presence of God with with uh, Dr. Jerry Stott. I know you've taken a couple classes with him. He's a rock star, and he came to our and church too in Memphis. I'm so jealous. 
He's yeah, amazing. so you know, going here, going to Memphis Tabernacle has opened so many opportunities. I've got to meet so many people that I only got to do stuff with online before, and now I get to meet them in person and have lunch with them and do, you know, it's right? amazing. <laughs> so cool. Praise so, God. So I, I'm in his class right now, and it's so funny because you were talking about having a servant's heart, and that's where I've been all week because our teaching last week um, which I like for whatever reason, my school work day is like Saturday. So I'm like doing it the last day of the week. But um, it was all about having a servant's heart and having a heart like Jesus. And so um, yes. I was at church this week and um, Pastor Joey at Cornerstone, uh, Joey Mastonary, he's awesome. Uh, he's really doing a great job as a teacher there. Um, he was talking on Abraham, but I swear the entire message, all I could hear, or not on Abraham, on Joseph um, and, and the 12 tribes of Israel and, and all of that. And all I could hear was, like, how God had pulled him out of that family with the strongholds of deception and brought him into a place where he had to learn how to have a servant's heart. And then God blessed him abundantly because he had learned to serve. Um, because that's yes. what my sermon was on this. Yes. <laughs> so, like, what you're saying is 100% yes. Like, when you have a willingness to serve, God brings that to fruition. Um, and um, yes. I can see through your testimony, starting with the small things, this is biblical, right? Um, if you can be trusted yes. in the small things, it brings greater and greater, greater ministry opportunities and blessings. Let me give out our number one more time yes. here. Um, it's uh, If you guys are listening and you want to call in, you want to talk to Kristen, usually we want to talk to our guests because, frankly, they all know me and they can talk to me anytime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real, okay? <laughs> but uh, if you want to call in, the number is 319-527-6208. That number, again, 319-527-6208. Press 1 to talk to us. Yes, press 1 to talk to us. Otherwise, it'll just let you listen in. And if you want to be voyeuristic like that, that's okay. But if you want to talk to us, you have to press 1. <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't mind you listening in on the conversation. <laughs> um, now, uh, I I just realized um, as I was listening to your testimony, which was so powerful in the last half hour, like just really incredible. And thank you so much for sharing uh, one of the things that I realized was God developing in you and bringing you through steps and steps of greater confidence in him and, and greater opportunities, yes. but starting with the small stuff. Let me ask you, um, how do you personally test uh, something out that, you know, you feel like maybe this is an area where God will want you to minister in? And um, how, because you're clearly operating in the flow of God's will, how are you able to distinguish which opportunities are for you or like you just said about the other opportunity with the chaplaincy, the opportunity that was not for you, how, how are you able to determine that with the Holy Spirit? Well, just like, you know, when he says you plant the seed and I will make the growth. So when there's things that, you know, like I'm feeling called to do, I will, you know, volunteer at something small. So it's not a big commitment. You know, like, uh, you know, it's like when we first got to this church, the first thing I started with was being an usher. All you have to do is just pass the little plate, right? And uh, uh-huh. once I was willing to surrender to help at the church, uh, then God moved it to the next level. 
You know, he brought me into, he's like, well, we're so happy that you're here to help. Can you uh, help in this area? So it's just like, because I'm in the word every day, because I'm praying to God and I start my day with saying, you know, I want to do your will, your way. I surrender my day to you and I'm willing to help in any area, even at the bottom. When I get to that area, um, when he provides that growth, that's how I know that that's the area that I should be giving my attention to. And so just like, like I said, I started out being an usher at this church. Then they moved me to a greeting, and then they moved me to the greeter leader, and then they had me do, once they, you know, were able to be comfortable with me, then they, they're like, man, you would be perfect as the leader for this. You know, so I didn't have right. to do anything but be willing to serve, and then he caused the growth to happen to get me into the ministry. Like I said, I already had experience with working with the young girls in Las Vegas, being working in prisons. Most of the people who are, you know, single and pregnant, the a lot of times the spouse is in prison or they, you know, they were you know, already in a situation similar to that, you know, it's, it all kind of connects. So I feel like he had molded me, but because I didn't go over there and force and say, no, I have to do this. I was just willing to do what he wanted me to do. He just made it grow. And I was able to get to the spot where I felt like it was me. Like when I met um, Debbie Booker, Debbie and John Booker, they're the four square missionary leaders. Um, they're also yeah. um, Tiffany Derman, which is David Derman's wife. They're her parents. Yeah. So they are here. The Four Square Mission leaders are here, which I was like, man, this is so perfect because I moved here because I wanted to do missions. And now I get to train with the Four Square Missionaries, right? So I was like, oh, this is so perfect. And then she was like telling me, you know, her plans of helping the pregnant teens and this and man, I was like, man, that definitely sounds like something I was called in. And, you know, I started praying about it, but I didn't ask to volunteer in it because, you know, I had surrendered and I was like, no, I want to do what you want. And, you know, I had met with Pastor uh, Tiffany and David and let them know I was, you know, I believe I was brought here for a mission of God and I want to do their what God is telling them I'm supposed to be leading in, you know? And like I said, they, I've only been at this church a little less than a year now, and the growth that already has happened is huge, and it's just because I was willing to do whatever. Right. That's powerful. That's powerful. It's just to be submitted to whatever God is calling you to do. Um, look for opportunities where you can be a part and where you can lend your hands and your skills and your talents and your gifting. Cross, did you have another question for her? Mm-hmm. No, okay. He sat up suddenly, so I thought to myself maybe he had another question going on. Um, <laughs> can you can you describe for me? I have all these questions. I don't know if I'm really going to get to them because, like, honestly, talking to you is just so interesting. Uh, can you Sorry, describe so a much. time where you <laughs> – no, 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 like really that I'm super enthralled with what you're saying, so I'm wanting to stay on the subject. Uh, <laughs> can you um, tell us a little bit about a time where um, you had a ministry opportunity before you that you that maybe you even started in, but um, God called you out of, and, and what did it look like when God was saying this is good but not for you? Because we know that there's 
a, a thousand good things that, that people can lend their, their hands and their help to, but there are the things that God calls us to do. So there's a difference between what's good and what's God, right? Um, so what right, does that look exactly. like for you? Uh, well, you know, not that I like any attention or anything, because um, I don't, but, you know, whenever you, you're getting into the Bible studies and you're doing all like Beth Moore, oh, I love listening to Beth Moore's Bible studies, you know, and I was like, man, I would I would love to be leading, especially because I was going to the women's prison, and I was like, oh, I would love to be a leader like her, right? And that's where the problem right. began. Because I was like, I would like to be like her. And, uh, you know, I felt like God stopped me right away. He's like, right away. He's like, no, I don't want you to be like other people because that's where we run into the problems. And then all of a sudden we start criticizing ourselves and start losing our focus on God and trying to put our focus Uh on ourselves to be like something that we're not called to be. And so... Uh, you know, cause I had thought about doing, when I was in school, when I was in middle school, actually, um, I did this thing, it was a school project or whatever, and I had to record my voice and I was like, man, I would love to have my own radio show. That's why I think it's so cool. You have yours, right? And, uh, Edward Aww. and I actually looked into it for me. We, we did, we looked into, you know, getting the time and, uh, we could do it. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, man, I would love to do it. And I just. Every time I felt like God was shooting it, no, no, this is not what I've called you to do. Although this is a good ministry, this is not your ministry. This is, you're the boots on the ground. You're the one who actually gets in there because the training that he's given me, the life that he's given me to live, I have so much experience in so many different areas. He's like, I need you in there with individuals. Like, you know how Jesus goes for the one and he holds the 99 and they're still taken care of. You know, the 99 are still taken care of, but then he has that one, you know, and I felt like he was like, no, that ministry is not for you. And that's something that, you know, it was put into my head when I was in middle school and it always kind of stayed there like, man, I would, I would love to be on the radio. I'd love to have my own station. I'd love to tell people my opinion and everything kept leading back to it's for me. It's for me. It's for me. Right. And, you know, it's, and God God shut it down, and I'm just so thankful that I was able to hear him, to listen to him, and to follow him because it wouldn't have been successful. And the other ministries that he had me doing, they made huge difference in several people's lives, maybe not as many as a radio can do, but that one person, that one person mattered. That one person was in Right, and, and it is ironic so. that, that- – that you said that because it's it's kind of funny. Um, I truly hate the sound of my own voice and can barely handle having to listen <laughs> to recording. Um, but but my my area of expertise has always been public speaking because I want to add value. Yes. But it's very very it's very very difficult when you're like I want to use my words to add value, but I can't stand to listen to those. Uh, recording. So if you're listening to this on podcast, I guarantee you I did not listen to it all the way through. Can't stand the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Going back up to podcast, whatever I said, I said. <laughs> I'm bad like that. <laughs> and doesn't that make you but think yeah. of Moses, right? God called Moses yes. to be the speaker, and he's like, I suck at speaking. What do you mean? Like, I have a, you know, I can't, I stutter. <laughs> 
Right, so. and, I, and I almost didn't do radio because speaking to dead air is very difficult. Uh, I've done radio before, and uh, just, just sitting in front of a microphone and talking can be so, so hard. I love having the interaction of a live audience. But, again, in, in a live audience, you have to hear yourself on a microphone, and, and man, it's rough. <laughs> yes. So God gave me words and not much else, but that's what we're lending him because it's what I've got, right? <laughs> and he works with it. Awesome. You know, you plant the seed. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and he he does. He totally controls the growth and, and does all these things. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you because I tend to, to um, gravitate towards upfront ministries um, but I actually took a step back from what I felt like was my entrepreneurial call that I felt was a season in my life because uh, I was I was helping manage some of the finances in the household and lending some extra support. Um, but the thing that was hardest for me about that is I, I'm not shy at all about talking in front of a group or, or, or doing live recording. <coughs> Pardon me. Doing live recording. But... Um, Self-promotion is real difficult for me. Um, I, I don't I don't like having to promote things, and and so I'm struggling even now, trying to figure out how to get the word out there. But I don't want to be self-promoting. So that's a whole thing in and of right. itself, too. You know. Um, so there are challenges that go with that kind of ministry as well. Um, but I love everything that you had to share. Um, can you – I want to do at least one of the questions um, from the Bible study itself because this hopefully can serve as a resource for somebody who might be wanting to run an at-home Bible study. So uh, let's let's hear your take on this. Can you describe a time when your faith was tested personally? Yes. So um, before COVID, when my youngest son was in middle school um, – you know, he switched from going to a private Christian school at Cornerstone to middle school at a public school with um, all the normal people, uh, so they say, right? Um, and uh, sure. so he started hanging out with a different crowd, and, uh, you know, his behavior started changing gradually. And what happened was he ran away from home a couple of times. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, not for like ever. But, you know, a couple of times she was gone, like three or four days. And, you know, I'm looking, I'm calling everybody, I'm praying, I'm having everybody pray at church. And, uh, um, you know, what question here is, like, was I supposed to stop everything I'm doing and have my focus 100% on the situation? Or was I to keep trusting and following God because I know he could handle the situation if I gave it to him. And so it did cause, you know, a lot of people to think that I was crazy because my son had, you know, was missing for several days and I was still going to lead my Bible study. I was still going into the prison. I was doing my Bible studies every day and I was dependent on God to take care of the situation. And he did. I I stayed in the faith. I stayed with him even though I wanted to. I was like, man, instead of going to, you know, my Bible study, I should be spending the time looking for him because it's my duty to take care of him. No, he's God, you know, and I'm giving him to God. And 
So I'm going to stick with the word and I'm going to stick with the calling of, you know, that I've been called to do and I'm going to do it. And uh, praise God, he was safe. Praise God, he came home. And, you know, it wasn't something that it was, I felt like it was the devil trying to attack me to see if he could get my focus off God. And uh, that's the biggest thing is, like I said, keeping your focus on God through any situation because as we see in the Bible, there's families are crazy. Even when we were talking about Rahab, you know, yeah. and you're looking at the family line of Jesus, like every one of us has family issues. And it's right. not our job to take care of them. This is God's family too. And he says he's right. going to handle everything. And so for me, it was a huge it was huge. It was almost like taking going up that mountain with the sacrifice for me, you know, because, man, yeah. I love my kids. But you know what I knew? I knew that God loved them more. Right. And that's really impactful wow. because bad things happen even within, you know, good families that love the Lord. And, and you know, I think that we tend to think of public school as neutral, but it's it's not as neutral as we think because a lot of your strong Christian influences are still attending private Christian schools or they're homeschooled. You know what I mean? So right. it's not even like the general population. You, you've got, um, you've got kids who are struggling, like really struggling in those schools. And it can be really hard, especially middle school is such a formative age um, to, to shepherd our own children through that. And like, I'm so proud of you for being able to recognize where, you know, God's hand is in this and he can handle it and I can trust him. And I know that your son is uh, doing better now and back at home with you. And, yes, and uh, I, I hope he's thriving now at, at his uh, new place. He is. Sure he, is. he is thriving. And, you know, he actually said to me the other day, he's like, I'm just now realizing how blessed I am because of how much you love God. Oh, so, what, a, what a wonderful! It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, because that's you know usually that's where they're struggling, right in those middle middle school times. Um, we're actually getting ready to sign off right now. Um, I have to keep to that time because eventually someone may have a uh, a show in this next slot. Is there anything you want to share in the next ten seconds or so? Uh, I'm just so thankful to God for his uh, blessings, and uh, Jesus is my Lord, and I follow him. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I will see you guys next week, and I'm going to sign off now. I hear you calling.